everyone and welcome to the next episode in the Future People podcast series. I'm Amy and I'm the Future People Programme Employability Coordinator and I'm joined by Evie today. Hi everybody, I'm Evie and I'm the Future Pupil Programme Coordinator. I do a very similar role to Amy, although I'm focused on students who are yet to start their bar course, whereas Amy focuses mainly on students who are on their bar course. I will be starting a criminal pupillage in March and Eve, March 2024, sorry, and Evie will be starting, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's in October, is that right Evie? Yeah, October next year, yeah. And also doing a criminal pupillage. So today we're going to speak about overcoming rejection as we come up to the next pupillage application cycle and kind of the highs and lows of the application process and our experiences. Evie, how many application processes did you go through? So I had two proper goes at the pupillage process. I submitted about 15 applications during my bar course and I submitted slightly more, about 24 in the year after my bar course. I did four on my GDL year and then I did about 17, I think it was, on my bar course year. So I think it'll be good to start, Evie, with the paper sift and kind of once we've got all those applications out, um, the responses to those and how we kind of dealt with getting initial rejections. So I think on my GDL year, I got three straight paper rejections. Um, I don't know how many you got on your first first shot. Yeah, out of the 15 I applied to, I think I got about seven first round interviews. So yeah at least seven rejections on paper which was delightful <laughs> yeah and I, I think this this bit is about kind of managing expectations and and preparing being realistic think how many people are applying to these chambers it's it's just inevitable that some some you're going to get rejections from and um, particularly if it's your first round applying um and I, I remember speaking to um, someone about it and them saying that look just see see that paper application that rejection is not right for you that that change is not right for you at that particular time um and being realistic about what you're doing is difficult and then that way you can kind of put that rejection in perspective I don't know how you felt about it Evie yeah, you've always got to remember that when a Chambers rejects your application, they're rejecting an application. They're not rejecting you. And therefore, you can simply change the formula and what you've included in that application and you'll change the outcome. Um, so don't look at it as a permanent situation. They've rejected that application for that year in those particular circumstances with those markers of that application everything can change the next year. Um, so yeah, it's definitely important, as Amy says, to keep perspective on things. Um, and yeah. just, just remember that it's an application, it's not you who's being rejected. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think when you then do get that interview, I mean, for me, the interview, getting one interview is trumps the number of rejections that you might get. So I think on my bar course here, I got it must have been over five rejection paper rejections before I then found out about an interview and getting that one interview is really exciting and you kind of almost forget about the the rejections that you've had because that just gives you that shot and I had a friend who um, put in over 20 applications and got ended up getting two interviews out of those 20 but 
then went on to get pupillage that year in an excellent set. So it does really only take one, um, one interview, one shot. And I think that's worth bearing in mind as well amongst the rejections that it's super exciting when you then do get an interview. For sure. Definitely brace yourself for the roller coaster of it. You're going to get maybe an invite to interview. You'll be really happy. That will come in at, say, 9 a.m. on Tuesday. And then at 3 p.m. on Tuesday, you've got two rejections. And then the next day, you get another interview, two more rejections. You'll be getting emails coming in at weird times, on weird days. um, And some of them will seem very impersonal. Um, And you've just got to really prepare yourself for what you're going to be picking up in your email inbox. And yeah, as Amy says, it only takes one interview to lead to a pupillage. Um, So yeah, I definitely think once you get invited to interviews, it makes everything else worth it. But just definitely prepare for the roller coaster that's coming. Um, you'll never get a straight flush of interviews. No. Because every set is different. Every set has different character. And so every set isn't going to like you. And that's just that's just how life is. Um, yeah. And I think the point you made, Evie, about the it being an application um, and then rejecting that application is such a good point and something that uh, kind of you should take into this cycle because... It does, it's not the end. It's not the be on end or if you've got a rejection. The next year, you might have X, Y, and Z experience or you might have a slightly more insight into that set or insight to life at the bar that you can continue to improve that application. Um, I think that's a really good point um, when we're coming up to this cycle. So this kind of leads us nicely on to the interview stage. So how many interviews, sorry, Evie, did you say you had if we go for the, the second time, your successful year? Um, yes, yeah, so that year was a lot better for me. I put in yeah, 24 applications and I got about 16 first round interviews. Wow, that's a lot of interviews. Yeah, honestly though, it, it was it was a toll, but just my perspective on interviews changed so much because it was literally a case of some weeks every night I'd have an interview. So and sometimes back to back too, like a couple of the Saturdays leading right up to offer day, four interviews in one day. It just took the pressure out of the interview um, in a sense of it didn't really matter how one interview went. What mattered more was whether one of those interviews would be successful. Yeah. Um, would, you you just, say, would you say you got on a bit of a roll of interviews or was it still roller coaster up and down or, or did you kind of feel that you were on, on the, in a roll? What's the word that I'm trying to use? On what is, what is that phrase? On a roll, on yeah. Roll, on a roll, yeah. Kind of got into the swing um, of doing interviews. <laughs> yeah, I think what I learned really was that every single interview was so different. Um, so you could never really go in feeling 100%. And even if you're the best interviewee in the world, some of the chambers, their whole purpose of their interview is to push you until you break and they're experts at it and it will break you on some of the occasions and it's important to not take that personally um they're not doing it deliberately they're doing it for a purpose and sometimes I find as well like for instance the set that I did eventually get offered pupillage in their interview was by far the most challenging um and they really did push me but I guess with hindsight is probably because they wanted to see just how good I was because they liked me. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And how did you cope with maybe interviews that didn't go as well or interviews that felt particularly stressful or felt like they hadn't gone how you wanted them to? 
<clears throat> some of them some of them I just allowed myself to just feel down about what really changed it for me was when me and my colleague had back-to-back interviews at the same set and that happened to be the set that was probably the worst grilling of the season um everything about that interview went negatively unfortunately um but when we debriefed afterwards we found out exactly the same thing had happened to both of us and then you realize it really isn't personal the panel won't have the emotional energy to be different people for every candidate so usually what you receive from the panel is what everybody else is receiving too. They won't be changing up their personalities every time. So if it's a bit of a negative panel, it's negative for everyone. If it's a positive panel, you're doing the right things, but they're probably just a really nice panel too. Um, Yeah. And I think that touches on a good point about people through this process. It's really good to be able to speak to the people that are around you people that are going through the same things because other people are going through it as well you're not alone in the rejections that are going to come through everyone that now has pupillage will have on the whole gone through some interviews that didn't go as well or interviews that felt horrible after and um, there are other people going through the process as well and that's something definitely to keep in mind I think there's I don't know how you feel about this, Evie, but there's a bit of a balance to be had between not dwelling too much on interviews and not letting yourself get back down about them but also learning from them so I tried after interviews to kind of write down the questions that I had write down what maybe I thought I did well and what I could have done better just for the sake of future reference you're going to be having more interviews upcoming maybe if you're not successful that year you're going to go again next year and it'd be really useful to just look back on your notes chambers don't always change up their questions so it would be useful to kind of see what did I get asked if I'm applying to the same set and I think you sometimes don't realise what you're going to say until until you say it in an interview. And you might have realised that maybe there's a common, something that you commonly do that's not working and you, and you can make a note of that and just next time go into it. So, for example, I always accidentally say, you know, or little filler words that I don't yeah, realise I'm doing. Absolutely. And so I just made a note of that after saying, just try not to <laughs> say that, try and, or little tips that you learn after an interview. I think there's a balance to be had between not dwelling but also trying to learn from them. Absolutely. One of the hardest things about this process is that you probably won't get feedback even after second round interviews. And so you have to self-diagnose yourself on where your issues are. Um, You could do mock interviews with um, other individuals and see if they can see if there are any glaring issues. But usually it it just I think a lot of it depends on practice mm. the more I interviewed the better I certainly got at it there was still some in the second round towards the end that I completely blew um and I, I knew coming out they were done um yeah. that was game over um yeah yeah you just gotta just try your best to think about what what parts of the interview do you think you weren't giving your best answers or your best self? And why was that? Were you not pausing after a question to actually think about the question asked from all sides? Were you rushing because you were nervous and therefore your points were sort of merging into one, you were waffling? Um, but really practice makes perfect, I think, with this process. Yeah, I remember after my first interview on on this cycle, really noting that I'd rushed and was not taking a moment to kind of think about my answers and after that interview really made an effort to to kind of process the question think about my answer before answering it and I felt the difference after one interview and I think it is important to note um kind of okay 
this is maybe didn't go exactly how I planned. How can I improve on that? How can I learn from it? Because that's all part of the process. Not every interview is going to go exactly how you want. It's just really not. That's the way it is. Absolutely. And one more click. And usually a panel that actually likes you, at the end, they will make an effort to show that. I found with the chambers that offered me pupillage, even though the second round interview, it was very challenging. I mm. was definitely put through the works in terms of putting effort in. Um, but then at the end, they made a conscious effort to talk to me about my personality and my interest. And they just made the atmosphere really nice and relaxed. Yeah. And then I came out, remember thinking, like, oh, this set actually really understands me. They seem to really like me and value me. Yeah. Um, because, and, and that almost shows the split because that's the in, there was clearly an interview part of that that was the the this is how we kind of go about choosing our pupils. But then there's that other side of getting to know you as well, isn't there? And and that more friendly atmosphere. And it is part of it's part of the application process um, rather Absolutely. than, as you said, something to to take to personally. Absolutely. So when it came to offer day, Evie, because you had a reserve offer, didn't you, first time round? Yeah, so my favourite chambers on my list, actually, um, they gave me a reserve offer after the second round interview. And I was waiting about a week on that reserve offer because of sort of there was a clog in the pipeline in terms of the people that were offered pupillage got offered it elsewhere. They were making up their decisions. Um and so, yeah, I had to wait a week. And because I heard rumours that a couple of them were thinking of not taking it, I was informed that I might get it. And then, obviously, the hopes were really dashed when both people offered pupillage did end up taking it. Um, and that, for me, was the worst The mm. worst part of my entire pupillage process was how I felt after not getting that. Yeah. Um, because for me, I felt the fact I'd been given a reserve offer meant a set liked me enough to have me down as one of their pupils if the first two people didn't take it. Um, and therefore, I was really struggling to think, how on earth could I work on my applications more if like, I've done everything I can now and yeah. I'm still not quite there? Um, yeah. And yeah. for context, if anyone's not um, gone through the pupillage application process yet, a reserve offer essentially is if, as Evie kind of outlined, um, they might have one, two, three reserves. And if they're people that they've offered pupillage to don't accept and accept elsewhere, maybe, then it goes to the reserve. So it's, as Evie said, you're you're there, you're basically there, you're almost over the finish line, which I think is why, as you said, Evie, that's probably the one that really hits um, hits the hardest because you're just so close um, how did you kind of move forward from that do you think there was anything in particular that was helpful for you to go into the next round yeah I spent about a week wallowing I'm not going to lie yeah um, you've, you've got to be done <laughs> <laughs> yeah I went back home spent some time with family just for a few days and then I really looked at my applications and I did have stuff missing. I'd never really properly worked with defendants or prisoners, the people that I'm going to be working to day to day. And I think what you've got to remember, if you're the type of applicant where you're applying straight from university, and particularly if you want to go into family or crime, what really makes a change your application is having real world experience with the people you're going to be dealing with. And um, because the chambers need to see that you have sort of the emotional intelligence and the emotional stamina 
to deal with very distressing work day in, day out. Um, so for me, getting that reserve offer turned into a rejection meant that I went and got work experience at this place called Intervene Project, um, which is a legal charity that provides free legal assistance to prisoners when they're abused in prison. And basically, we do their civil claims against our prisons for them for free. Um, I eventually got a job actually managing the entire charity, which meant I got uh, experience advocating in the county court. I was handling 200 clients all by myself. Some of them were very volatile or vulnerable people. Um, and it was just absolutely crazy the difference that made to my pupillage applications. So that went from sort of 15 applications that turned into less than half getting interviews to one or two second rounds to the next year when I actually had that job on my CV. Um, you know, 16 first round interviews, a good handful of second round interviews and my actual pupillage offer. Um, yeah. And I think that's a good point about, say, if you're not successful, maybe on the first year of applying, that a lot can change in a year. You can build really valuable experiences that is going to make you an even better pupillage applicant. And I think that's a great example of that. So when you applied, after getting that reserve offer, you applied again to some of the same sex next year. Is that right? Yep. So both sets. So the set that I've got pupillage at now and the set that reserved me the year before I applied to in both rounds. In the first year I applied, the set that's given me pupillage this time, I didn't get through after the first round interview. And then the set that gave me a reserve offer uh, the first year I applied then did not give me a reserve offer or a real offer in the second year. So I got through to second round, but they did not like me to the same degree and I didn't get a reserve offer there the second year. So it just shows that every, everything, that there's no rhyme or reason to the results you get out of the process half the time. It, it is how you are on the day. Um, it's whether you mesh with the panel on the day. It's whether you're your best self on the day. You bit too much in your head and overthinking things, and then that can have a bad impact on your performance. I think when I reflect on the second round interview I had in application round two, or the set that reserved me the year prior, so much felt like it was riding on that interview because I was like, "Come on, now." must be the time they give me my pupillage offer mm. and I think I just went in with too many expectations and didn't do myself justice and therefore um sort of panicked a bit in the interview maybe rushed a few of my answers whereas the set that I got pupillage at this year this cycle um because they had I had received a rejection from them before I, I think I went in with less expectation that I'd get a pupillage offer from them mm. Um, so almost a bit more actually, relaxed maybe for sure and actually when I reflect on the interviews themselves the set that offered me pupillage was much more aligned with my values my personality the we clicked in a way that I didn't mm. click with any of the chambers and so it was an absolute blessing mm. that I didn't get pupillage till I did and I think that is part of it is this idea that actually having an open mind you might have your initial chambers that you really want to go to and they're the ones that you've got your your mind set on but you don't know until you go to these interviews and you get Absolutely. a further feel for a set that he might be your set and I think that's something seriously to bear in mind and another good way of something to keep in mind when you're getting these rejections. Yeah it's all right to have your dream sets in a more on paper sense but 
exactly as Amy says, you don't know the people, you don't know the set until you're interviewed by them. Um, so yeah, definitely keep an open mind. Um, and just kind of carrying on from that point of reapplying, I know there are a few commercial sets that um, don't want a second application if you've been rejected once, but they are definitely in the minority. And on this, I think it's very, very common for people to reapply to the same set. I think it's very common for people to apply to the same set. I applied to the same sets in my second year of applying. And on the rejection office that I did receive after interviews, they would say things like, don't be put off applying again. It's common to do that. So don't, as we kind of touched on in the beginning, don't see rejections as as the be one and end all for that set. They happily will be awaiting applications in the future and looking at what that new application is. Oh, absolutely. I do remember some of the interviewers at the set where I got the reserve offer the year before. When I came back the next year, a few of them did comment. They're like, oh, we're really glad you came back. Um, so they they definitely want you to come back. And turning on the point of you get offered pupillage at the time that's right for you, the chambers aren't stupid. If you're not ready, they're not going to give you a pupillage. But if you apply the next year and you show you're ready, they'll give you a pupillage. Um, so trust that they know what they're doing when they're, they're sort of picking their candidates for this process. Um, and if they if they're rejecting you on one year, it might just be that you're not quite ready yet. That's how it was for me. I wasn't ready when I first applied, but I was certainly ready the year after. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And again, something to hold on to when when the rejections come in that that actually this is a roller coaster and and you've got to just ride it out. And it's not plain sailing and it's not plain sailing for anyone. Yeah. And I do think if you're the kind of candidate where you've succeeded in everything you've done since you're a baby, you've never really had rejections in your life. Maybe having one year of a straight flush of rejections will be the best thing for you in the sense of it will allow you to develop that thick skin. It will allow later on down the line, especially if you get pupillage and you go to the bar and you lose a lot of your cases, because let's face it, every court case has a winner and a loser. You'll have developed that really key characteristic of being able to cope and move on and improve. Um, so always take rejections in a way as a way to improve your skills, just another way to improve. Um, and that should help you deal with them a little bit better. Absolutely. Taking it as a learning curve. Yeah, precisely. So I think that wraps up um, this topic. I hope everyone's found it useful. Um, I think the kind of main message from me and Evie is that um, it is kind of preparing yourself, setting the expectations, but treating each each step as a learning curve um, and and remembering that other people are going through through the same process with you. Any final thoughts from you, Evie, before before we leave yeah, our just, listeners to the rest of their day? Uh, I definitely absolutely emphasize don't ever give up if it's what you really want to do. Just take comfort in the fact that most barristers will have had tens, if not maybe even hundreds of rejections, been through the cycle numerous times. Um, you're never alone in getting rejections. The best candidates get rejections. Um, just don't give up if it's what you really want to do. Persistence is key. Um, and if you do ever get a really bad rejection, maybe it's your favourite chambers and it's making you feel really low, 
barristers all the time on LinkedIn mention their experiences with rejections and how far they've come since then. So maybe go on there and take comfort in that. Um, but just never give up if it's what you really want to do. This is the kind of job where persistence will pay off in the end. Absolutely. And finally, um, just on a quick note, try not to compare yourself um, to others through this process because everyone's journey to the bar is is different. Everyone will have different experiences and um, want to go at different paces, face different challenges. Um, remember, it's your career and focus on on what you want to do focus on your journey and and don't compare yourself to others because everyone will be going at different paces absolutely thanks everyone for listening and please do tune into our next future people podcast that will be coming soon thank you everyone delighted to join you amy thanks evie